When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, everybody, welcome back to the Crochet Bays. I'm Jess. I'm Megs. And we are the Crochet crochet Bays. And we're laughing. (laughs) We're laughing because life is cruel. (laughs) And this is our third attempt at recording this episode. And every time we do, it gets a little more unhinged. But third time is the charm. And I tell you what, if something happens this time, we're just calling it. Okay, we will call it time of death, 946 p.m. Eastern Standard. Oh, (laughs) Megs, tell tell the people what the heck is going on. (laughs) So do you want me to tell them what happened the first time we tried to record it or this time first? I guess the first time and then the second time and then we'll get caught up to the third time. Okay. So, uh, we tried to record this episode, like, three or four days ago, and uh, we're, you know, in the middle of recording, and then, and I get a phone call, and normally I would not answer my phone, it wouldn't even be on, but um, for whatever reason it was on, and I was like, I feel like I need to take this phone call. Um, fed up my dog, got out, and he was hit by a car, and uh, that obviously halted <laughs> this episode he's okay he's all good um poor obes poor obes um so so yeah we tried to record that day decided not to because i was not in an emotional state to do so also at the time needed to take my dog to the vet because we didn't know what type of injuries he had so yeah that was trying to record episode part two one take one whatever you want to call it and then we were like 20 minutes into recording this episode and uh, I realized I never hit record. <laughs> it's quite so, unfortunate. It's really, really unfortunate. Um, I did indeed cry. I did. I'm going to straight up admit it. I absolutely cried and laughed, but mostly cried. It was a it was a, a crying laugh, a laughter Jessica cry. Jessica yelled at me and screamed at me, and I have never heard her say the yeah. evil things that came out of her mouth in that moment. Yeah, if Megs doesn't get her act together, you guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it. She said things like, "Well, <laughs> oh every boy. podcast has gone through it at some point," and uh, the one that really got me was. You didn't record, hit record, did you? Just, <laughs> just horrendous. I'm, I'm, I'm really torn. I don't. I was literally in the middle of saying a sentence, and I just saw her face just drop, and I literally <laughs> knew exactly what happened because I, 
I had hit record before we started and I usually will check. I'll say, okay, you're recording. I'm recording. Like I'll double check. But I had said something earlier and then I had said, okay, I'm recording. And then I almost said, are you recording? But I was like, no, we've kind of went over that already. I don't want to be annoying. Turns out it should have been annoying. But I saw her face drop and I literally went, you're not recording, are you? (laughs) I just, I knew. I knew. (sighs) Um. So, yeah, so anyway, if you would apart, like to be my if you'd like to be the new co-host of the Crochet Bays, hit me up because um, Megs is fired. <laughs> I'm sorry my dog got hit by a car, okay? And my plumbing in my house is falling apart and my car this, is breaking down. This poor woman, you guys. Those are all things that have happened this week. Yeah, well, that and that's the other thing, too, is that you didn't really mm-hmm. go into detail, not that you need to, but... Obi getting hit by a car was like the cherry on top of a it stupid really was. Sunday <laughs> of of lots of wasn't things there, going wrong. Wasn't there a point in time where I was like, I feel like I'm I'm living the real life Job or something? Yeah, like you that. were like, I am the modern day Job right now. Yeah, the modern day Job. That's what I said. And there was the pizza. There's just a lot. <laughs> there were oh, a lot the of things. Pizza? That's what we were laughing about when you got the phone call was the pizza That's situation. Right, the pizza. Um, I'll, I'll very quickly tell that story. So we ordered pizza because we were just fed up with life and we're like, I'm not cooking dinner. And uh, the dude comes to deliver the pizza. He delivers it sideways. <laughs> he literally <laughs> handed it to you sideways. He hands it to us sideways. <laughs> And the box, the box was so drenched in grease, it was like falling apart on one side. And when you opened up the the box, the pizza was like all folded together and none of the toppings were on it. He was it's just trying up- to make you a calzone. <laughs> it straight up looked like they just threw all the ingredients in the box and said good enough. I'm just picturing a Little Caesars employee just chucking a pizza from across the room. <laughs> Here's your pizza. I need, okay, if any of you who listen to the podcast, <clears throat> oh my gosh, if any of you are really great at like digital art, like drawing and things, if you could make us a pizza box. With a really just disheveled pizza inside of it. I will make merch. It's just, it has to happen. I need it. Like, I'm just picturing a Little Caesars employee who's had, like, just as bad of a week as you. And they're like, if we get one more order, and then your order comes through, and they're just so angry. And when they finish it, Son of a! And just throws the pizza. Here's your freaking pizza! And just chucks it across the room. Okay, but you know what's really annoying is like <laughs> we asked for a refund and we did not get a refund. Yeah, they so did not th- handle that situation correctly. No. And <clears> then <throat> and then I had to go and buy more pizza um because my family still needed to eat. And when I walked <laughs> right. in there, the like employee that was like manning the front counter, she was just like sitting on her phone and I stood there and stared at her for like Five minutes straight, and yeah. she just scrolled whatever she was doing. And like, listen, I'm not somebody who cares if you are on your phone at work. Like, I, 
straight up there's times where there's nothing to do and you're just sitting there. Um, that was not a time. It wasn't like it was empty in there and I just happened to pop in. Like they had several people in there waiting for pizzas and she was just chilling there on her phone. Yeah. And I was like, this is fortunate. This is not the moment to be. I just. <sighs> You're supposed to I be hot say... and ready. Yeah, it was not hot and ready. It was. <laughs> it was dismembered. And... <laughs> it was disheveled. <clears throat> mm. The vibes have been in shambles. The vibes have truly been in shambles. So. Um, crochet related this week. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, um, I'm pattern testing for Mama Made Minis. That's yeah. pretty dope. That's definitely a highlight of the year moment. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I made a last... Hello Kitty. That oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, you did. did. Did you see it? I did. It turned out so cute and very accurate. Oh, hey, thanks. What a compliment. <laughs> Yeah, that that's a real accurate Hello Kitty you made there, Megs. You sound like a suburban white dad. <laughs> um, well, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, love that for you. Um, how how has it been going for you? Any, oh uh, man, any household issues over there, or you know? Hmm. Not as of late. Um, pizza incidents? No pizza-related incidents. <laughs> My goodness. Um, I, we are going to do something for the house on Thursday that I'm super excited about. You know how my bedroom has been lacking crown molding for actual years? Finally? Michael said, Michael said we're going to do it on Thursday. I'm so excited. I've been waiting, you guys waiting it's been 84 years and listen i don't really care like if we had just if i had just painted the walls and cut in all the edges nicely i wouldn't be so distraught about this but when i repainted the bedroom in 2020 during the pandemic i did not worry about cutting in all the way to the ceiling because i said we're gonna put crown molding up so it's gonna cover this anyway so i'm not gonna spend the extra time like carefully, you know, painting along the ceiling. I should have done it because we've had this unfinished looking ceiling for actual years and but we're going to take care of it. So I'm excited about that. Um me chilling over here in my house that is completely unfinished in like every possible way and needs to be totally remodeled and she's like not my unfinished edges. Literally, though, because I, I stare at it every night and every morning when I wake up and I think, we're so close to having this room being done. And sure. yet so far. So I'm, I'm excited to finish that off. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, mostly I've just I've uh, what's been taking up a lot of my time and attention is the fact that we got the website back up. Bergsnestcrochet.com is back, baby. And I've been uh, focusing on that and getting some new orders and making those orders. And that's been that's been really fun to get back in the groove of that again. So and how how have sales been going? Pretty good. Um, I didn't have as much like 
time to really heavily promote the relaunch. But sure. um, that's okay because obviously now that the website is up, it's up and everything is ongoing. So um, I like each day when I've set little sales goals for the lives, I've hit it more days than I've not hit it. Um, nice. And they're not like they're not that. huge sales goals, but you know it's like I've since I've launched the website, I have always had orders to work on. I've yeah. Like before mm-hmm. I finish what I have, more have come in. So that's kind of like I'm trying to see how long I can keep that going. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. So I do still have orders to work on. Some of which are our crochet bays stitch markers. I just have them like ongoing on the website now. Now that I can make Holla. more of them easily. So, so had- merch on her website and then also merch on my bonfire page. Yes. Yeah. And we'll talk about that later because that's actually going to pop up later for uh, a beloved segment. Ooh. Yeah. But that's, um, yeah, that's the only like crochet based merch that's on my website specifically ongoing is the, the stitch markers. But like Meg said, if you mm-hmm. want, you know, the apparel, that's going to be over on her side. But I do have that on my link tree as well. <clears throat> so. Yeah, um, I think that's about. Well, no, that's not really it. I, in terms of crochet, um, I ha- I made some heckin' good progress with the floral diamond blanket. Um, you really did. Yeah. So today I finished panel number seven of the floral Ooh. ones. So and I've started panel number eight. Um, so I have like less than two full panels of the floral ones to go. And then I have three little triangles to make. And then I have all the pieces finished and then I just have to assemble it. Okay. I straight up thought you said Hanel. And I was like, is that what we call those diamond shapes? Hanels? <laughs> <laughs> then I realized you said panel and I was like, okay. <laughs> Meg's over here inventing new words. I love that. Um yeah, so that's that's exciting because I was a little bit um, when I did the first of the actual like floral ones, I was thinking, oh gosh, this is gonna take forever. But turns out, all it takes is um, editing episode forty of the podcast, or not really editing, but listening through to then be able to edit, um, and you can accomplish a lot during that time. So, um, okay, but if you guys haven't seen this, it is very detailed, like. Very. Like, you wouldn't think these little diamonds would be that much work. And really, if you think about the grand scheme of them, they aren't. But when you get into those fine details of making all, like, the floral part parts of it, mm-hmm. it is tedious and a ton of work. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, a lot of those stitches that start with yarn over six times. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. And then you work into a stitch and then you yarn over and pull up a loop and yarn over and pull through two, like six times and then you yarn over five times and then you pull through a certain amount of times then you yarn over four more times and then you work over into another stitch and you yarn over five more times and it's like holy smokes but that's how you create all the petals and everything and then at the end it's like pull through seven loops (laughs) and chain um so yeah it's a whole thing awful (laughs) but it's fun like once you start to get the hang of it you're like "Ooh, i'm fancy (laughs) i'm fancy so that is one that I'm making for my friend Sarah and I think what I'm gonna do when I finish it is I think I'm gonna make a patch that says um like their last name and I'm gonna do like the blank family and then the year 
Um, mm-hmm. I think that'll be a cute little way to <clears throat> to personalize it. And then we're off to the next one. And I feel like that's a pretty good, like, I'm making pretty good progress for this um, project of doing all eight blankets this year. I'd say so. So who's yeah. next? The next one I'm going to do is um, for my friends Tony and Alec. They just got married um, this Ooh. past fall. And she, like, Tony loves all things crochet. Even though she's not a crocheter, she, like, is obsessed with, like, kind of retro stuff and granny squares yeah. and things like that. Like, she loves that whole look. She actually just, uh, the other day, was like, can I commission you to make one of those, like, granny square sweater vests? She's like, I'm obsessed with, she's like, I've been seeing a lot of, like, 70s stuff on my Pinterest lately. And I keep seeing, like, granny square sweater vests. And I just, I want one so bad. I'm like, yes, I can totally make you one. Um but she chose the Southwest Beauty Blanket, which is the one that's on the cover of the book. Yeah. Um, and by the way, you guys, that's the one I wanted. <laughs> it's the one everyone wanted. Like, I, she had the second pick out of, like, she was the second one I asked, like, what do you want me to make for you? Um, and I knew she was going to pick that one because it's very much, like, her her vibe. Yeah. Um, but multiple people afterwards are like, oh, dang it. I want that one. I'm like, sorry. It's already taken. But, um yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be a much belated wedding gift for them, and um, I'm excited to make that one. It's I think that one's gonna go a lot faster <laughs> than the floral diamond one because it's you know it's got some stuff to it, but it's a lot less. I feel like the floral diamond one is probably the most like complex. I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think the other ones like. They, they definitely have some cool stuff going on, but I think that mm-hmm. one is the most intricate in terms of all the special stitches and everything. Yeah, because um, I think the one I chose is just bobbles, right? Yeah, there's, like, bobbles, and then there's, like, kind of a ripply, like, wavy yeah. thing going on behind it, but that's not That's, that's just not strategic. Right, it's just placement Increases and skipping stitches. Right, right. So if anybody is interested, by the way, in this book, like if you want to get it for yourself and make it, I did add it to my Amazon storefront, which is linked in the show notes. Um, There is, I linked both the physical copy where they'll like send the actual book to you. And I also linked the digital copy. So if you have like a Kindle or something, you can get the digital version as well. Um, Lots of really beautiful patterns in that book. And I've been enjoying it so far, even though I'm only one blanket in. (laughs) So that's what's new with me and right now as we're sitting here talking i am working on just some more of my scrap granny squares for my little scrap project yeah we're actually crocheting today and it's not even a crochet and chat episode yeah i've been doing better about crocheting during our episodes you have you've definitely been crocheting a lot i probably shouldn't be pattern testing while i'm (laughs) recording an episode but you know it's like pattern testing level expert level expert i actually i'm working the pattern up but i'm gonna make several of them and uh and i'll read through it and write out notes and things right so then when it you know when you when you submit your stuff you can be like can confirm this pattern can be made while recording a podcast (laughs) If that's important to you. <laughs> uh, oh, what you drinking? Are you drinking anything? Um, some quality H two O over here. 
Hmm. I'm also drinking quality H2O. Look at us go. Why don't we have quality H2O merch? Well, we did. It was one of the pencils in the pencil set. That's true. Which I still have some, by the way. If anybody wants to buy some, hit me up. I don't have them on my website anymore, but I still got a few. I have mine over here, and this one has a broccoli eraser. (laughs) I love that. Amazing. This is the Musk makes. <laughs> that was that was such a fun little that was such a fun little merch drop. It was. Oh man, we were together. Yep. And we will do another one of those at some point next time we're in each other's presence. We'll and do some fun different stuff. I just want to do a mini crochet retreat. Can we do a mini crochet retreat? I really would love that. Unfortunately, <clears throat> neither of us have money. <laughs> You're right. Go fund me so that Megs and Jess can have a mini crochet retreat. <laughs> we deserve it. Pay for us to do things. <laughs> we'll make you content. <laughs> I mean, essentially, that's what subscribing to something is. Like, if you do, like, a Patreon, you're paying... Right paying them to give you content i mean yeah that that is that is what that is is that you so pay, wrong you could pay netflix or you could pay us you know who's more entertaining probably netflix <laughs> oh um should we talk about the granathon what would you like to share about the granathon we are pretty ding dang close to having enough granny squares are you counting the ones that I'm sending to you in that amount? Yeah, I think we said we needed 10 more. Okay. After the ones you're sending. Okay. And then today I got four from Reagan. Yeah. Check these oh, out. Yeah, okay. I think she sent me pictures of them. But Yeah, they're cute. They're beautiful. I love it. I love it. Ooh, I, I don't know it. if I saw that last one. That's this really pretty. This one's cool. Yeah, it's a kind of like a checkerboard vibe. Yeah, so that means we only need like six more. Um, You have time. What is it? March 27th is the deadline? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. March 27th so, or March 26th, but basically end of March. One of those two. So um, make a six by six granny square and acrylic yarn in cream, pink, or white. Um, send it to my P.O. box. Be a part of the Great Granathon. If you don't know what the Great Granathon is, let me tell you. We are we do, making... Uh-huh. Sorry, just before you go through the spiel, I have been putting in a little ad that, that talks through it. So if you want to just refer people to that, that oh, yeah. will also be in the episode. I got you. Okay, cool. Um, Jess will explain. Crochet Bay's listeners, we have been telling you about the Great Granathon for a while, and I wanted to bring you some updated information about where the proceeds will be going and the deadline to have the squares sent in. First of all, we are happy to let you know that all proceeds raised from the sale of this community blanket will go toward Free International. Their mission is to end human trafficking in the U.S. Believe it or not, the U.S. is ranked in the top three of worst countries for human trafficking. They carry out their mission through finding, restoring, embracing, and empowering survivors of human trafficking. You can find out more about the amazing work they're doing at freeinternational.org. The most important thing you need to know is that all granny squares must be postmarked by March 26th, 2024, 
to be included in the blanket. That is your deadline. So if you've been thinking about it, but just haven't gotten around to it yet, this is your sign to get those granny squares made and sent in to Meg's PO box, which is in the show notes. As a reminder, we are looking for granny squares made in shades of pink and or cream with a finished measurement of six by six inches. Happy crocheting. All right, everybody. So if you recall, two episodes ago, we started a little thing where we did tips for beginners part one. We decided to split it up into two parts because most of the um, tips that we're including were from you guys. We asked you for your feedback. This was a while ago and we're just now getting to the point where we're putting this episode together. But we took a little break um, for episode 40 since that was kind of a milestone episode and we wanted to, to share those favorite moments with you. Hopefully you guys really enjoyed that episode. And now we are coming back for part two of our tips for beginners. We did kind of put them into categories and for part one we talked about those first two categories and then we're going to do two more um, categories of tips for part two. So our first category we're going to talk about today is tools and gadgets. Um, Mm. So we have you know some helpful gadgets and I think an important disclaimer to put on this is most of these little gadgets that we're going to talk about are not necessary but they will make your experience, you know, potentially easier, more comfortable, more fun. Um, sometimes you can see crocheters using certain things and you're like, oh my gosh, I I have to have this. I have to have that. Um, some, some of the gadgets, it's like, no, you don't need it. And if you're trying to get started on a budget, like don't think you have to go out and buy all of these things just to get started. But as you grow and as you learn... Um, and get more into it, there may be some additional things that you want to invest in to just make your experience that much more comfortable. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Fun fact, the first, like, I don't know, several projects that I made, like wearables too, like a sweater, I don't know if I even knew what stitch markers were. (laughs) Like, I just didn't understand that that was a thing that you could just like easily purchase and acquire and even once I did realize what stitch markers were I was like too cheap to buy them even though they're so cheap like you can buy a box of a billion of them for like six (laughs) dollars I was like I don't want to buy things and I used paper clips for several projects before I finally caved and bought actual stitch markers but you know what it worked Okay, but same, except for I didn't use stitch markers. Like the only, when I started using them is because my grandma bought me this little crochet kit with like hooks mm-hmm. and darning needles and stitch markers in it. And that was when I started to use stitch markers. Nice. Otherwise, I just counted everything. Right. Yeah, like if I had realized what stitch markers were when I first started crocheting, it would have saved me a lot of headaches of mm-hmm. not understanding like where the last stitch in the row is and all that. We talked about that last episode, how you can use stitch markers to, you know, keep track of where the <clears throat> where your last stitch is and everything. That would have helped me out a lot when I was first starting out, but I didn't I didn't know that was a thing. So if you're just starting out, now you know it's a thing and your life will be made easier. And actually, I don't know if we talked about that in the last, because I'm seeing it on the list here now. But I feel like we talked about that. If we Maybe. Didn't ta- if, I think if we, we did. did. 
If we did, it's worth mentioning twice. And if we didn't, now you know. It's a great way to understand um, when you're coming to the end of your row is keep a stitch marker. And then when you come back to it, you won't have to second guess if it's, you know, the last stitch or if the turning chain is the last stitch or whatever. It can be confusing when you're first starting out to visually recognize. And so the um, stitch marker can be a helpful little cue while you're still learning. Um, another item that I had on me and then I took it off because now I'm just working on scrap squares, but Meg's is currently wearing one. I am. That I am. Is a row counter ring. Um, Meg's, would you like to enlighten the people on what a row counter ring is and how it can be a helpful tool? Yeah. So it's, it's literally just this little ring. It, what it, I always explain it like a step counter. Like, do you remember in gym class in middle school <laughs> when they handed you the step counter and you had yeah. to like, keep track of your steps? Um, yeah. So think about that concept, except for instead of shaking it to count, um, you hit a button and, um, essentially it just, it's a button to hit, hit to increase the number for your count and then there's a little reset button and you use it to keep track of what row and or round you're on so if you need to set down your project because it's lunchtime or your dog decided to eat the baby's diaper that's never happened to me not <laughs> once um or you know you have to run to the bathroom or you get a phone call or whatever it may be something that's going to distract you and you are like crap i don't know where i stopped um that's really helpful <clears throat> excuse me that's really helpful to at least know what row you're on and you can kind of guess like oh you know I'm on a decrease round so let's see if I completed this round or if I need to do it um it saves you from having to count from the original magic circle all the way up especially if you're like 30 rounds deep in a project um it is really handy yep. and useful and I will say, like, if you're a beginner, um, I really struggled as a beginner. And still, even honestly, like, depending on the stitch, I can still struggle with this now. Um, counting my rows accurately. I would yes. really struggle with understanding, like, where one row stopped and the next one began. Um, mm -hmm. And so having a row counter ring really, really helps with that. And also, I'll just throw out, I don't need a distraction to forget what row I'm on. I don't need a moment where it's like I have to set down my work and come back to it. I can literally be crocheting, telling myself the whole way, row four, row four, row four. And then I'll get to the end and be like, wait, was this four or five? Am I finishing row four? Or did I already do row four? Like, it does not take much for me. Especially to, if you're on <laughs> an increase forget. or decrease round and you have to also count how many single crochets right. between the increases and decreases. Exactly. Yes. Like there's there's too many numbers going on for you to also keep track of what row you're on. So the row counter ring um, is a nice a nice way to at least take one of those factors out of things you have to keep in your brain all the time. And they're um, really inexpensive. Like you can get a are. pack of like six to eight of them for like 10 bucks on Amazon. Right. Right. They're super easy. They are on our shut up and take my money storefront mm -hmm. um, because we've covered them as an item before. I feel like this whole list of the tools we should maybe put on there. Right. Yeah. If they're not already in there, which I think most things probably are. But um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and also, like, the row counter rings, they do 
they might look like they would be uncomfortable. They can, you know, seem a little bulky because obviously it's it's larger than like an actual jewelry ring that you would wear. Yep. But um, and and there is a a little bit of getting used to it. I would say because it is kind of awkward for the few you know the first little bit to have something that large on your hand. But you get used to it quickly, and pretty soon it will be kind of like a second nature thing that you won't even you won't even realize it's there um or that it's not there <laughs> I've found myself with this floral diamond blanket like I've absolutely been using my row counter ring because it's really helpful with this this project in particular for for remembering what row I'm on but um it was so funny this morning I was I was crocheting this morning when I was spending time with Jesus and I didn't know where my row counter ring was. It was, it had like fallen down in between my table. And so I didn't have it on me, but I was just doing the decrease part at the end. So it didn't really, didn't really matter as much if to keep track of the rows. Cause I was just decreasing until it got to the point of the diamond. But I was so used to, because I've been making these diamond panels for like weeks now, I was so used to like finishing the row and then automatically like turn my hand over and press the button and I literally this morning at like 7 a.m., you know, it's early and I'm just like crocheting and I, I finished the row and I went, I turned my hand over and, <laughs> and tapped my bare finger and I was like, oh, <laughs> there's, there's no row counter. <laughs> and I had a little, me and Jesus had a little chuckle. <laughs> me and Jesus had a little chuckle. We did. Yeah. I laughed and I heard a little, a little chuckle from heaven. <laughs> I think Jesus is laughing at me right now, not with me. <laughs> He's a dumb idiot. <laughs> I love you, but you're dumb. <laughs> oh, man. And then he helped me find my row counter ring. I looked down and I saw it and I said, yes, this is good. Okay, Thanks, homie. So anyway, yeah, do that. Um, tools and gadgets. Try different crochet hooks. Yes. That's another tip that we had. Um. Can you there elaborate? Are... No. That's it. Okay. Just kidding. Um, there are different types of crochet. You know, and I'm not even necessarily the best one to explain this because it doesn't make a big difference to me. And you may be the same way. Um, it may not matter to you as much the style of crochet hook. But for some people, it can make a really big difference. So you've got like... You know, probably your your main two types in terms of the the hook itself is going to be your Susan Bates type hooks and um and your boy type hooks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I really don't feel equipped to explain the difference between <clears throat> the two of them. I feel like you would do a better job of that. Um. Oh gosh, I can, but now it's like I'm. It's you feel in like line. The pressure's on. <laughs> yeah, it's inline. One's called an inline and one's called a cu- cut crease. I don't remember. Um, no, cut crease is a makeup term. <laughs> we really do our research here. We really do. <laughs> I'm losing my thoughts. I mean, essentially, on. one of them is kind of more rounded and one of them yeah. is more pointy in layman's well, terms. Well, not even that. There's like, it, that's true. Like, one of them has more of a like rounded like tip and the other one has more of a pointed tip but then like like a Susan Bates is um is more like 
like defined. Like it's very mm-hmm. sharp edges. Yeah. Yeah, that that track. Inline and tapered. That's what it is. Tapered. Okay, cut, that's cut the word. crease. What even? Um <laughs> so a inline would be like a Susan Bates hook and that has like that pointed edge. Um it's all like the same width. It's so this planet June describes an inline as a the head is aligned with the shank and the throat and the shank are the same width. Um, so again, think like Susan Bates hook. <laughs> so, sorry, you reading that off makes me think of Good Burger when Ed's reading the contract and he goes, oh, I know some of these words. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, and then a tapered hook would be like a boy hook. Um, and it'll have more of a raised head and a narrow throat. Um, another tapered style hook would be like a um, a clover hook, which is very popular too. Those, uh, I feel like, I think they are considered tapered hooks. However, I think they're a perfect in-between Susan Bates and boy hooks. Mm, okay. I don't they're think like, I've ever crocheted with a clover hook. Yeah, they're just like... not bougie it's, enough. It's like hitting... As if they're so expensive. Um, it's like hitting the sweet spots of both styles. Yeah. So I That's really cool. like clovers for Amis. I like using... Um, Susan Bates hooks when I have to work with really small yarns, like sport weights and smaller. Um, and then I like boy hooks when I'm making like blankets and wearables. A crochet hook for every occasion. Yeah. And then you get into the whole like clay handles, resin handles, silicone bead handles, um, <clears throat> Custom made hooks, you can just buy them straight from the store. There's like so many different options. Um, right. Try them all out, see which one you like because it's really different for everybody. Everyone has a preference. Um, if you're somebody who struggles with like wrist pain or knuckle pain or arthritis or carpal tunnel, you may want to try like a clay hook or a um, silicone bead hook. Those ones are really great and uh, very ergonomic. Yeah. And I would say, you know, if you're just getting started out and you're just grabbing like some regular old aluminum hooks from the store, um, if that is working for you, man, that is fine. You do not need to go out and get anything else if that's working for you. But absolutely, if you're starting out with crochet and you're working with those and you're finding that you're dealing with pain and it's making you want to give up, that's when I would say, you know, try out some of the other styles of hooks with the more ergonomic, you know, beads or clay or whatever, um, and see if that helps before you throw in the towel. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and when we talk about like price wise, like Susan Bates and, um, boy hooks are like what, like three bucks a hook. If even they're very affordable. Um, clover hooks. You can literally get some from like the dollar tree. Right. Yeah. They're, they're very affordable, but like clover hooks are like $10. So in everyone's brain, they're like the most expensive things ever. But if I'm being totally transparent with you, I've spent $70 on a custom made hook. <laughs> so take that $10 and say, this is 
I mean, if you're me, it's one whole cup of coffee from Starbucks. I can skip my coffee for the day to get this hook. Oof. The times we're living in, friends. Yeah. <laughs> no, obviously there's a huge price range of hooks. You can get them for super cheap. You can pay lots of money for some of the really fancy ones. And then there's pretty much everything in between. So there is a there is a budget for everyone. Absolutely. And honestly, if you're just like, I'm trying to start for $0, go find a crochet group of grannies and say I want to get started but I don't have any supplies and you will probably walk away from that conversation with like 10 hooks and five balls of yarn (laughs) hit me up I got a shoebox full for you yeah so um the um oh another little like tool and gadget deal and this is another one where there's there's levels to this is Mm -hmm. um using knitting needles or ami sticks for sewing and specifically for sewing together like body parts of amigurumi yes um who like discovered this in the first place was this a tiktok thing did this exist way before because i feel like i saw it pop up like not that long ago yeah it's a newer thing becoming like this big hack you know so knitting needles was how it started and then dandelion tonic so jackie is the original ami stick creator so when we were like okay we need like knitting needles are great but like i need something that has like an end on it so that the knitting needles don't slide through and like rip open my stitches because that was happening and jackie was like i got you all i got you and jackie's a crochet hook maker so that's where she started now she's making ami sticks too but um, if you're like, where do I get these? Go get them from the OG. Get them from Jackie. I, I mean, I'm sure other people have them, and that's fine. But, like, get them from Jackie. She's the OG, man. The She's original the Ami sticks. <laughs> yeah, so those are um, – and once again, it's, like, the same concept. If you don't yep. necessarily have the money to purchase Ami sticks, but you have some knitting needles laying around, <clears throat> use the knitting needles. Absolutely. You know? Or if you don't have that at all, obviously you can get by without that, but it is a helpful, you know, trick for putting together your Amis. Not that I would know personally, but I'm told it's very helpful. Well, <laughs> I mean, we I can imagine like, why. <laughs> we were all using sewing pins and it worked kind of, but it wasn't really great with like chenille and plush yarns. Yeah. Um, it was really easy to lose the the needles inside um, the projects so switching right. to the knitting needles was phenomenal and then and then turning them into ami sticks just made it like a million times better yeah no i can i can picture that for sure mm-hmm. um this is just like a little bit of of helpful advice there are several different ways in which you can tell the size of a hook um and it all depends on like what information you're looking at. So there's millimeters in the U.S. There are alphabet letters. Um, I still, I still don't have them memorized. Like, you know, what's the equivalent of a six millimeter in alphabet? I don't know all of those. There's some that I might be able to tell you, but like, I really, I don't have all them memorized. I don't know. Do you? Like, do you know offhand? Like, what's a J hook in millimeter size? 
a J is a six millimeter. Okay. I think that would have been my guess. We're doing this now. Ready? Go. This would have been my guess. Okay. uh, What about um, an H? An H has a five. See, she knows more than me. Um, Okay. Here's a question. Do you know the answer to this? Because I don't. What do they, do they start with A? And is that, that would be the smallest one, right? Um, yeah, because, like, when you, when you, I think, I'm trying to think of what A is. Um, you don't, like, when you get down to the, like, 0.5 millimeter and stuff, those don't have letters. I'm pretty positive. So, like, a yeah. D, a D is a, um, a G is a 4, F is 3.75, E is 3.5, D is three. I'm pretty sure C is a 2.75. Uh, B is a two and a half and A is a two. So it starts at two. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like most people aren't working with teeny tiny hooks. Right. So that makes sense. But yeah, so I find it easier to just go by the, the millimeters, the numbers personally. Um. I do too. It makes more sense in my brain, but I do. Yeah. I do know back and forth. Um, yeah. Maybe one. And day in I'll the U.S., there. we use the letters. <laughs> like everywhere else, is just I'm using a five millimeter hook. Right, because Americans will use anything but the metric system. Literally, <laughs> it's annoying. There's some things where I'm like, this makes sense, and other things where I'm like, no. Yeah. The majority of how we measure things doesn't make sense. Right. The only time where I feel like we are right and everywhere else is wrong is Fahrenheit versus Celsius. <laughs> right, right, right. But do you get what I'm saying, though? Like, why is 36 degrees Celsius, like, a bajillion degrees there? <laughs> right. Like, there's not enough range. It just doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. it's it's bizarre. Anyways, shout out to my UK friends. You're measurement of temperature is absolutely wrong and you should be ashamed of yourselves oh no they're coming for us in the emails now we're gonna get so many nasty emails from metric system stands but like honestly (laughs) i stand the metric system i'd be fine with switching over i would the only one other than the fact that our world would be like wrecked in america (laughs) there would just be utter chaos america would just implode that's how you destroy america (laughs) Make a switch to to universal measurements. But it's funny because it's like I feel like in a lot of areas of my life, I do use metric. Like with, you know, crochet, I prefer millimeters. When yep. I'm running, I'm usually like I think in, in um, you know, like 5K, 10K. Yeah. Um, instead of like 3.1 miles. Um, so there's, you know, there's a few. And then, like, when I'm cooking, I prefer to weigh things out in uh, grams with a scale rather than, like, Although a half cup some, or, you know. Some of their weight measurements are weird. Like, they measure in stones. The stone thing I would not use. That confuses yeah. me. I don't I don't like that one. But, you know. But, you know, they call gnomes gonks, and that's pretty great. <laughs> This is devolving real fast. Anyway, so hook sizes, just be aware. There's letters, there's numbers. It will be to your advantage to understand, you know, how both of them work. And when you see letters and numbers on a hook, hopefully now you have a better understanding of what they mean. 
mm-hmm. right. So that was it in our tools and gadgets category. The next one is general advice and encouragement. This is this is the category where I thrive because I love to encourage. Um, Everybody and- quit. You're never going to be good enough. <laughs> That's an example of what not to do, what not to say to yourself. Um, the Just first, <laughs> the first item on the list is my number one piece of advice when people come into my lives and say, "I'm learning how to crochet. Do you have any advice for me?" This is my go-to item right here. <clears throat> Be patient with yourself. Yes, 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 a, yes. It's, it's not a flashy piece of advice. It's not something that's going to be super exciting to hear but you need to hear it nonetheless crochet is a totally different skill than most things you've ever done in life it is a completely different way of using your hands and your fine Mm -hmm. motor skills you got to be doing you know math it's like this very interesting combination of using your 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 physical skills your muscles but also your brain like all of it's engaged you're doing something that's completely new it's not going like for most people it is not going to be something that comes naturally to you it's going to feel really uncomfortable at first right and you're gonna do you know you're gonna see somebody doing something and go okay it looks so simple why isn't it simple um but you just got to let yourself mess up and try again and you're gonna get frustrated that's okay like you you're allowed to feel that frustration but like understand that that's part of the process right no you're not going to be able to crochet without looking in the first couple days or really maybe even the first like looking most you can no but i mean also i'm doing a lot of like crazy random stitches i'm not just doing single crochet uses excuses excuse me i can make blankets without looking okay i'd love to see you do the blanket i'm making without looking (laughs) (laughs) i would love to see it okay jokes on Um, you i'll never do it (laughs) yeah i know one of the episodes I was listening back to, you had started a blanket at my house. <laughs> Where's that whip? Is it in the graveyard? It's It's been frogged like six times. <laughs> I was listening to it and I was like, I wonder what ever happened to that blanket. I know it's not That finished. yarn became my, um, my, what is the yarn on the knitting machine that you use in the beginning? The, the waist yarn. yarn. It became my waist yarn. I was I like, oh, this you- is the perfect waist yarn. I gave you my yarn and it's waste. <laughs> I understand now what you think of me. <sighs> okay. <You're> trash. <laughs> anyway, how did we go from be patient with yourself to your trash? Gosh, only, we are just motivating and encouraging. Only we can do that. All right. Um, another bit of general advice. Start with yes. a small project first and then yeah. build up to the big complicated ones. A great um, one is granny squares. Yeah. Yep. Granny squares. Or do you want to throw out a suggestion if you're if somebody's really determined to start with Amis, what they should start I with? I don't recommend starting with Amis. Um, if you want to practice to get ready to start with Amis, I would say work on hats. Um, mm. Practice hats. Practice working in the round with hats. If you pass that are like, shut up, Meg, I don't care. 
I'm starting. Or let's say they did that and now they're ready to yeah. take on their yeah. first Ami. Or you did that and you're ready. Um, bees, snakes. Snakes are like a longer project, but it's really repetitive, very easy. There's very minimal increases and decreases, but they're still in there. Um, and same with bees. I would do bees and I would do um, snakes. Love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, trust the process. Absolutely. Trust the process. Um, and there's like secondary written on, tacked onto that. It says, if it doesn't look right at first. Now, sometimes you're just a beginner and you're making a mistake and you're not doing it right and you're going to have to frog it. Yep. But sometimes it really is, like depending on the project, it is a trust the process situation where the first few rows just look wonky and you might be second guessing yourself, but truly like the only way to learn is to just keep going with it. And obviously once you get to a certain point, it's going to be obvious like if it's, it's turning out right and you just needed to trust the process or if you really were doing something incorrectly and it's, it's just not, it's not coming together. Um, so either way, you know, it, it can be frustrating in that moment to have to maybe start something over, but you still are doing a lot of learning in that moment, even if you do have to start over. Even now, 20 plus years, oh, like down the line from that, I still have moments where I'm like, this doesn't look right. Why doesn't it look right? And mm-hmm. it's a trust the process moment. Like I was making that Hello Kitty and I was like, I don't think I'm doing this right. This is weird. Um, but then as I kept going, I was like, oh, that makes more sense. And it really just comes <laughs> down to like, just trust what the pattern says. Sometimes you get a bad apple and the pattern's poorly written or they didn't test it and there's things wrong and that happens and that sucks or you make a mistake. But a lot of the times it really is trust the process. Right. Right. And I'll say like a super specific example, if you're very much a beginner, um, if you're doing a project that starts with a long chain, like a blanket or a sweater yeah. or something, it's going to curl up on you. The first, you know, maybe even the first uh, two rows, three rows, when it's just kind of like a long snake, uh-huh. it's going to curl up and you're going to be like, wait, why isn't this flat? It's supposed to be a flat blanket. Just keep going. It will flatten out. That's just how yarn works when you first start those long yep. projects like that. Yes. Yes. Um, have fun with it. Don't take yourself too seriously and don't make it a chore. Hate every moment of it. <laughs> Never enjoy it. Meg's is like the anti-advice voice in this episode. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if you're starting crochet to be a fun hobby, don't, um, allow it to become something that's just like a chore and is so frustrating to you. Like if it's really getting that <laughs> anger inducing, like take a break. Set it down for a little bit. That's okay. Don't um, don't start a business and you'll never hate it. <laughs> that might not be true, but it's going to be more true. <laughs> or just don't sign up for jokes. markets. Jokes, friends. We got jokes. Don't sign up for markets and don't promise things for people for Christmas. <laughs> don't take commissions. Those are like the top two stressors, I feel like, for people who are crocheting. Trying Don't have a hot cocoa bomb Christmas. business and a crochet business. <laughs> and an engraving business. And be the worship director in a church. <laughs> Hiya. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's good. Um, trial and error is okay. 
Yes. Yep. We kind of have covered this a little bit already, but, you know, if you have to frog something and start over, it's okay. Just do it. It's all part of the process. Just do it. Don't let your dreams be dreams. <laughs> um, <sighs> truthfully, though, like, I really do feel like if you, it, it's a mindset thing. Like, yes. when I'm taking on something new, like, let's say I'm going to make a new item for my website on my laser engraving machine i try to go into it expecting to have to redo things three four times getting Mm. you know 80 percent of the way done with it and realizing (laughs) shoot i did this wrong and i have to start over now um i go in thinking this is going to happen so that when i do make an unexpected mistake or i realize that part of my process wasn't right it's not so like detrimental because i already told myself this was coming And I think the same is true for crochet. If you're trying to do a sweater for the very first time, I would expect to get halfway through and realize you have to start over because that's happened to me multiple times. (laughs) Um, So when you kind of know that it's part of the process, it can be a little bit less um, frustrating when it happens, if it happens. Maybe you're just better than me and that won't happen to you. And I hope that's the case for you. I really do. But... uh, that has not been my experience. <laughs> um, pace yourself and don't compare your work to other artists. That's a good one, friends. Ooh. Don't compare yourself. Th- we've said that across many episodes in many different scenarios. It's true across the board. You are doing your own thing comparison is the thief of joy just like let your own thing be its own thing Um, grow at your own pace and be proud of what you are accomplishing yourself absolutely yes Um, in that same vein practice makes progress not perfection um yeah her youth pastor is coming out right now (laughs) show me your friends and i'll show you your future um i got i got phrases for days let's go um yeah practice makes progress not perfection that's a good one and it's true um i i think that the beauty of crochet is that it's handmade and that there usually are little mistakes oh yeah Um, you know it's it's to me it's a it's a testament to something that was made with somebody's hands and not a machine and i don't remember what culture it is if it's like irish something where they say that like it's um it's like good luck to have a mistake hidden in a project somewhere because it's like yes i've heard that but i'm not sure where yeah for some reason like irish is coming probably because luck is coming to mind but i don't know if that's 100 percent accurate but either way, in some culture, it's considered good luck to have a mistake in there somewhere because it's um, because it's like not perfect. I don't know why, actually. I should Google this because I clearly don't understand the fullness of it. But it gives me, whenever I think about that, I'm like, yeah, somebody thinks that this is something I should be doing. <laughs> and it makes me feel better about my mistakes. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> this... Uh, The next two pieces of advice are very practical, and I really, really love both of them, and they're very different, but they're very good. Uh, Find a local crochet group. Yes. 
I love this piece of advice. You're going to learn way more. Neither of us more. have done this, but yes. Well, I kind of started one, like unofficially. We had that's, one going for a little true. bit through my church. It was it was not an official thing. It was just um, I would invite people over for coffee and crochet once a month. And I was teaching people. There were people that already crocheted. It was really, really fun. And I'm actually thinking of starting it up officially because we just launched this new like groups thing with our yeah. church where we're trying to get people to start different like interest-based groups and I think I am going to actually start like an official crochet group that meets like once or twice a month at the house um but I would say too like if you're wanting to learn to crochet you're going to learn a lot more from a local group where you can sit in person with somebody than you would from like TikTok yes um, and you're building relationships yeah exactly um it's just easier you know like YouTube is still a fantastic resource but like I'm thinking, I'm comparing specifically the experience of coming into somebody's live and saying, I'm confused on a magic ring. How do you do it? And being in person where somebody can show you right then and there. It's just going to be a world of a difference of having that experience in person versus, you know, through a screen. Um, and then this next piece of advice is great. Decide what you want your experience to be. Do you want crochet to just be a fun hobby where you can make things for yourself and for your friends and family? Or do you even want to make things for your friends and family? That's something that you can decide because sometimes people can get a little pushy with that without realizing how much time and money it takes to to make things. Um, Do you want to sell? It's not for everyone. Nope. You don't have to sell your stuff. That's not the like natural progression of crocheting. You don't have to monetize your hobby if that's something that you don't want to do. It can just be something for you. Um, Absolutely. And if you do start selling, that doesn't mean that you have to do markets. It doesn't mean that you have to have an Etsy. It doesn't mean that you have to start pattern designing if that's something that you're not passionate about. Um and if you, know, you do want to, like, take it a step further and monetize it in some way, you don't have to do all of those things. You can choose exactly. one or two of them. Um, you don't have to be okay or good at all of it. You could be great at a few of those things. And it's like, go for it, you know? Right. Right. So just, you know, decide that. Don't let the pressure of seeing what everyone else is doing decide for you. Yeah. Um, because they're... There is no pressure. Like, you get to do whatever you want to do. Um, If you're feeling frustrated, put it down and come back to it. I feel like we kind of covered that. Um, Your projects aren't going to automatically look the same as the pattern creator. Correct. Especially when you're first starting out, and that's okay. Um, Injury prevention techniques. We're actually probably going to do a full episode on this at some point. Um. But just to list off a few things quickly, um, people had listed like using a stress ball, like just kind yep. of squeezing that. That can be helpful <clears throat> either for like stretching your muscles before you crochet or for stretching like after you crochet. Um, some people have found that compression gloves are something that are helpful for them as they crochet. So that's something you could um, try out if you're experiencing hand pain or if you have arthritis. Um, making sure to stretch. Um, it kind of, it might seem like a little silly or overkill, but it's totally not if it's, um, something that you need to do. There are different stretches you can look up, um, for stretching like your hands, your wrists, 
your fingers, all that kind of stuff. And then just taking breaks. Um, I know it can be like hard when there's a project that you just really want to finish, but if you need to take a break, you need to take a break. Take that break. Yeah. It's much better to take the break when you need it instead of pushing yourself and then potentially injuring yourself and then you really can't crochet. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then last but not least, just a very, very quick, very short. This is another thing that we could probably do a full episode on at some point, but um, quick little breakdown of pattern etiquette. Um, What's okay to do? What's not okay to do? I'm going to let Megs take this one because this is a little bit more her domain. Yeah. So um, copyrights exist. They don't have to purchase those. When you design something to a certain degree, you are copyright protected. You don't have to pay a lawyer to get patents and things. Um, which it's not a bad thing to do and it's something you can look into, but it's not necessary necessarily. <laughs> what does that mean? That means that when someone sells something that they designed and it is original to them, they own creative rights to that. <laughs> it means that you cannot reproduce it um, or manipulate it in any way and, and sell it as your own. You also cannot sell it And say, oh, the original designer is this person, but I'm selling it on a different platform. Like, that's a big no-no. You cannot share that pattern with other people unless you purchase a copy for them. Meaning that you purchased a copy for yourself and then you double purchased to gift it to somebody else. Um, You can't disclose things about the pattern publicly. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, However... Anything that you make, you are legally allowed to sell, at least within the United States. This is speaking from United States. It is different in different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it's the same, but some things can be different. So in the United States, if I purchase a pattern, um, I am legally allowed to sell whatever I made from that pattern, as long as I am not selling the physical pattern itself even Mm -hmm. if the designer and this this might be a little bit of a a hot take controversial thing because there are some people who don't want you selling their pattern their stuff you make from their patterns so that they can um kind of primarily sell it on their own um you are legally within your right to sell anything that you have made yourself even if you use somebody else's pattern despite them saying I can't or that you cannot sell things. Um, The only thing where it gets tricky is like mass producing. Obviously, that's more so to protect people from like. um, Like a corporation. Right. Or like a sweatshop or something trying to steal patterns and then and then selling them. Um, Because not only is that unethical in many other ways, but yeah, it hurts the designer. So, um yeah, you can sell things, profit off of that aspect of it. You just can't um, essentially sell the pattern. And then on the other end of it, too, um, it also plays a role in copyrighted materials in terms of, like, licensing and things. So, like, let's say someone designs a pattern for a um, Mickey Mouse. I'm just going to use Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse is a great example because – the original Mickey Mouse, like Steamboat Willie, is actually public domain now. So you can make Steamboat Willie, but you cannot make modern day Mickey Mouse with the red shorts and the yellow shoes. 
and right. the like flesh-toned face. But you can make the black and white Steamboat Willie version. Um, <clears throat> so obviously always encourage people to research this topic because it's really important. Um, but even if you purchased a pattern from somebody and they're selling that pattern and you try to sell something that is Disney or Nintendo or whatever themed, you are at risk for a lawsuit against the company that owns the licensing for those characters. Right. I actually you had can't... this conversation with somebody today. <laughs> yeah, you can't like put it back on the, like, well, it's their pattern. Like, nope, you're the one selling Correct. it at that point. Yep. So what you can do is you can make, you know, your kid a Finding Nemo fish whatever like as a personal for personal use but when you're selling it and it's a transaction that's when it becomes a problem correct so like i made a hello kitty today just to keep in my office perfectly legally fine for me to do that now if i go and bring it to a craft show technically that's copyright infringement and i am at risk of being sued right and it's confusing for people because it is so widely done and people yes. are like, well, how can this be illegal? Everyone's doing it. <clears throat> just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean it's legal. And just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean that you might not still get in trouble. It's not worth it's, the risk. It's everyone such a goes, Everyone goes five miles per hour over the speed limit. But you might just be that person who gets pulled over for going five miles per hour over the speed right. limit. Except for the stakes here are a lot higher than if you go five miles over the speed limit. Yep. <laughs> so just save yourself the headache and just don't do it it's it's just not worth it so it's not worth it those are some tips for beginners hopefully you guys found those helpful and if you would like us to continue this if you want to hear some more tips for beginners let us know um, you can leave some feedback in the spotify app or you can send us an email and um we we enjoy we enjoy sharing these little tips with you if you're not a beginner but you maybe know someone who is a beginner this is a great episode to share with them um hope you guys enjoyed that and uh, we'll be right back with a useless science fact and a little listener spotlight did you know that the crochet bays now have a facebook group the crochet bays podcast facebook group is an amazing place to connect with other listeners of the podcast catch behind the scenes and sneak peek content, get access to exclusive Facebook live streams with the Bays and more. But if that wasn't enough to entice you, I am in the Facebook group, wreaking havoc, stirring the proverbial pot, being a general nuisance. So follow the link in the show notes and become a member of the Crochet Bays podcast Facebook group right now. All right, everybody, before we go, of course, we have to step over into... Meg's useless science fact corner so that she can share a useless science fact with us. Meg's useless science facts. They're useless and they don't make sense, but she's going to say them anyway. Go. Um, shrimp's hearts are in their head. <laughs> wow. I don't know why that's funny to me, but it is. It like, is. Can you just There's... picture like a little beating heart, like just <laughs> boom, 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 right out of their forehead? Yeah, I just like there's there's definitely some jokes in there about like your head and your heart, you know, 
Yeah. I don't know. I It's too late for me to think of any, but they're there. They're somewhere in there. You'll be like in bed tonight, and all of a sudden you'll think of one. You'll be like, hey, hey, shrimp. And Mike will be like, what? <laughs> shrimp hearts. <laughs> Scrampies. Little shrimps. The uh, When the cats are curled up. You know how like cats will curl up and like where they're they're kind of curled up in a ball, but like their back legs are sticking straight out. Yeah, they look like they look like shrimps, and I call them scramps, scrampies when they're scramps. when they're curled up like that. Look at these little scrampies. Anyway, <laughs> just wanted to share that with you. That was my useless cat fact. Thank you for um, sharing that with me. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, now, something that's a little more meaningful. We want to share a listener spotlight with you guys. This is from our friend Betsy. She is 11 years old, going on 12. And she said, my friends taught me to crochet for a while. Uh, but for a while, I didn't really know anything. That was until I found your podcast. I was really worried about what people thought about me because I crochet. But then I found your podcast and I realized that there's a whole community. Oh, I love this. I love you guys so, so, so much. And I hope that one day I will be as good as you. P.S. Megs, have you ever made a manatee pattern? Oh, my gosh. Um, have you? I have. I have a little no-so manatee in my tropical stackables pack. Hey. And then she said, hey, Jess, I also love your chocolate stuff. Love from one of your biggest fans, Betsy. Okay. I need to talk about this. Talk Betsy, about it. Betsy, you're a doll. Love you, girl. Thanks for sending us an email. Second of all, I could be her mother. <laughs> I have an almost 11-year-old. Yeah. Wild. What the heck? Wild. That's pretty but cool, though. I love that. like, I absolutely love that um, you have, like, discovered a whole community of crocheters because yeah. you I, – I hope that you never feel – that you're like weird or strange for crocheting because absolutely not. Um, you're not, not at all. It's so trendy, girl. Yes, like you, you're ahead of the curve, friend. You really are. <laughs> so thank you so much for taking the time to email us. And then last but not least, it's time to shut up and take your money. This time and... we really do be taking your money. Yes, this time it's us. <gasps> oh, are you guys proud of us? We're actually taking your money. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, hand it over. <laughs> we're so we're so we're so done. Okay, anyway, today's Shut Up and Take My Money is brought to you by the Crochet Bay's merch, which we kind of talked about, alluded to at the beginning of the episode. We did. Bit. We yeah. absolutely did. So you can bring it get- full circle. Crochet Bay's merch on my bonfire linked in my stuff. Also linked in Jessica's stuff. Yeah. Um, there's some new merch. I think I have some a little bit of the old stuff. But one that's really cool is we have the the like traditional logo. But on the back of the shirt, hoodie, whatever you want, is the lyrics to the Crochet Bay's song. Yeah, and I took like hours to write those lyrics. I just kept workshopping it until it was perfect. I don't believe that. <laughs> you would be wise to not believe that. I think it took me about 15 seconds to come up with the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> she is really great at writing like parody music. So I feel like even though the Crochet Bay's theme song isn't parody, it kind of fits in that type of realm. 
Kinda, yeah. Like the jingle realm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's good at jingles. I they some call me the jingle master. She, you know, someone say she jingles all the way. <laughs> I do be jingling all the way. <laughs> but really, it's actually Michael who's the jingle master. Um have I told you about this? No. We do this thing where like when we're driving, there'll be like a like a you know, like a, a mechanic auto shop. Yeah. And it'll be like Jim's auto shop and he'll be like, Jim's auto shop for all your auto shop needs. Like he'll just randomly do a little jingle like that. And then my job after he does that is to go, the jingle master strikes again. <laughs> and we do this like in the car. This is how big of nerds we are. Okay. This is um, literally what it is to be a childless spouses. <laughs> we just make up jingles about random companies. They make up jingles about random companies. Me and my husband just go, how are we affording groceries this week? Oh, we still say that, too. (laughs) Which kid aren't we feeding this week? I'm just kidding. That's a joke. For legal reasons, that was not real. For legal reasons, this is a joke. I immediately regretted that the second I said it. I was like, ooh, someone might not take that well. Character development. Okay. So, anyway... That's that's it about the jingles. Yeah, so go go and get some merch. Um, it's back up, and you can get it, and it's great. And if you want the crochet-based stitch markers, those are on my website, which is also linked in the show notes as well. Yeah! So, that is going to wrap up the episode for today. I hope that you guys all enjoyed. hope that you share it with your friends and leave us a rating, review on whatever platform you're listening on. All those things help us to grow and we appreciate it as always. And until next time, crochet, drink coffee, and be kind. Okay, bye! Okay, alright. One, two, one, two, three, crochet, babe! We're gonna crochet while we talk about crochet while we talk about crochet. You can crochet too. Yeah!